All right, we're talking small things, big difference. We're doing a series on that at the moment, and we've heard from Jeremy and Josh um, a few weeks ago uh, on habits that we can put into our lives. We heard from Teresa last week about our thought life. Uh, Has anyone taken captive thoughts this week? I hope you have, because gosh, I need to every day. I don't know about you. Take captive those thoughts that are not good for us. And last um, Sunday night, John uh, talked about connect groups, the importance of connecting and be. Who went to connect group this week? Give us a heaps of people, part of a small group, that together we can make a difference. The connection that comes from that will just help you in your life. Um, John, he's not here this morning, you might have noticed. Uh, he's down at the Gold Coast speaking at C3 Corumban, um, but he'll be back tonight. He'll be preaching again on small things, big difference. But I want to talk this morning about being thankful. Being thankful, it's, it's a key. And all these things that we're talking about are keys. They're not the key. Uh, There's not one key apart from inviting Jesus into your life and beginning a relationship with him. That is the key about living a great life, living your best life. And if you haven't already begun a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we'll be uh, able to introduce you to him at the end of service. I'll lead you in a prayer that invites Jesus into your heart and that makes all of the difference. But this is a key, uh, as have all the other things that have been mentioned, but what if I told you that there was, um, if that there was one thing, if there were, what if there was one thing that was holding you back or stopping you from fulfilling your destiny? That you'd want to know, right? You'd want to know. Okay, let's talk about the children of Israel. The children of Israel, uh, there's a story in Numbers, it starts in Exodus. Um, the children of Israel, they lived in extra, exile in uh, Egypt for 300 years. They were slaves. Uh, they were treated very harshly. The Egyptians were very cruel. They were working hard manual labor. It was not a good life, but they prayed uh, to God for freedom from this slavery. And God sent Moses, who's heard of Moses, and he came, the promise was that they were going to be led out of this country, Egypt, back into Israel. The Israelites, they come from Israel, that's their home. It was a beautiful place where God was going to lead them. And you may know the story of all the uh, plagues that God sent to get Pharaoh to back down and release these people. Of course, they were free labor for him, so he wanted to keep them. God sent plague after plague after plague. And finally, he let them go. They went across the Red Sea, Who knows the story of the Red Sea completely opening up, letting the Israelites go across uh, into Israel, and then it closed up and covered all of the uh, Egyptians. They sang songs of thanksgiving and praise. They were so ecstatic. They were released from slavery. They were heading towards their promised land. God had done multiple miracles from them. They had their promise of the promised land, and they were on their way. Well, what happened? Within six weeks, they started whinging grumbling and complaining. God, we don't have enough food. Ah, what does God do? He sends them food, sends them manna from heaven. He sends them quails. They had meat. They said, okay, that's cool. Uh, What about water? We don't have enough water. God gives them water. 
After a while, they start complaining again. What about this manna? What about this quail? We're so sick of it. Numbers 11, verse 6, it says, all we ever see is this manna. Oh, they're starting to really, really complain. They're starting to uh, whinge about God and why are they in this desert? And wouldn't it be better if they went back to Egypt? They started thinking all these great thoughts of what Egypt used to look like, which it never looked like that at all. They were in a really harsh environment, working their butts off uh, under Pharaoh. Um, Anyway, so... God, he got sick of it. He got sick of their whinging, sick of their complaining. He wanted to kill them. He wanted to completely wipe them out. And Moses said, oh God, don't do that. Just, you know, you've brought them this far. I want to read you a passage in Numbers uh, where uh, eventually God said, all right, I won't kill them, but I'm not happy with them. Numbers 14, 21, it says, I'm going to read out of the NLT version this morning. But as surely as I live, the Lord says, and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that promised land. Not one of them. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who treated me with contempt will ever see it. How sad is that? Like that was their destiny. That was their promise. That was the, where God wanted to take them down to verse 26. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I've heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will all drop dead in the wilderness. Wow, that's pretty harsh. <laughs> He's like, I won't kill you now, but you're all going to die. You're not going to make it. Because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. Everyone say small things, big difference. So none of them got to see the promised land. God had promised them that they would be there, but because of their whinging, complaining, because they stopped being thankful, it changed God's mind towards them. He said, I'm not going to take you there. Their whole future was changed and they missed out because of complaining. We don't want to do that. No, we don't want to go there. What if one thing could change the course of your destiny? What does the Bible say about being thankful? Ephesians 5:19. It says, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the heart with your to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." This is not me, right? This is scripture. This is scripture, giving thanks always and for everything. Easier said than done, I know. We're going to talk about what happens when things aren't going great because it's easy to thank God when things are going well, right? It's easy to thank Him where the provision's flowing, where the healing's flowing, where you're just living an abundant life and you're just living the dream. It's like, totally, I can come before God with thanksgiving. Not a problem. It's when the test comes, when things aren't going great. And for me, if I was in my humanity, I'd say, yep, I understand that. Yep, you're really tired. You don't have time to go to, oh, yeah, things are going really bad. Yeah, you know, um, you're stressed out. You're going through hard times. I understand that. Not God. He says, giving thanks always and for everything. 
What a challenge for us this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Great in theory. What about when things go pear-shaped? We'll come to that. We'll come to that. I guarantee it. Okay, so how do you give thanks in prayer? Uh, the Bible says, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with praise. Marita talked so well about praise, coming to God with praise in our hearts. We sing the songs. We're coming in praise. But first of all, let's come in thanksgiving. Enter his gates. That's as you come in, in your prayer time, every day as we pray, the very first thing that you do is thank God. For me, I open my mouth, thanks is on my tongue. It doesn't matter what my day looks like, what my circumstances are like, I've got things to be thankful for. And I need to tap into that where my human mind wants to take me away from that and focus on something else. I have to come to God in thanksgiving. I enter his gates. That's the way that you enter into the presence of God. You come into the gates through thanksgiving. It's not your list of requests that you're coming to God with. It's not confessing your sins. It's not praying for other people. That's all important. That's all part of our daily prayer time with God. But the very first thing is thanksgiving. Psalm 69.30, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today because I don't want you saying, oh, that's all right for you to say, but this is the Bible. This is scripture. This is God for each and every person this morning. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This is what thanks does. It makes God bigger. It makes our problems smaller. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Let's magnify God in doing that. Things that aren't so great appear smaller. They get shoved down low. For me, my quiet time, every day, as I said, I come into that place with thanksgiving in my heart. You know, we've got so much to be thankful for. We've got Jesus who came and gave us salvation. We thank him for what he's done. We thank him for what he's doing. We thank him for what he's going to do. So for me, it goes something like this. God, I'm so thankful to you today. Lord, I thank you that you've given me salvation. I thank you that you've forgiven my sins. I thank you that I am born again, that you give me a future. You give me a purpose. I thank you that I am cleansed. I thank you that you pour your peace into me. Lord, I thank you for your joy in my heart. God, I thank, and then after all the things that I'm thankful for, for Jesus Christ and, and God releasing him, to the earth. I start thanking him for the things around me. I thank you, God, for the people in my life. I thank you. And I mean, you can start, uh, you know, your mind wants to take you away from that. Okay. I thank you for my children. Oh, but they drive me nuts. Oh God, what am I going to do? No, I thank you for my children. I thank you for the car that you've provided for me. Oh, the heating's just blown. It's freezing this morning. It doesn't even work. No, God, I thank you that it gets me from A to B. Lord, I thank you for my husband. Oh, look at those socks right there on the floor. He didn't even pick them up this morning. No, like, you know what your mind does? It takes you away from those things, like that focus of thanksgiving. I have to, for me, being in that, in that less distraction zone in my, um, in, my, in my cupboard where I can't see anything that's happening. Hopefully I can't hear them either. Uh, but I just focus on what am I thankful for today? 
God, what am I thankful for today? Oh, I'm thankful that you're blessing me. Thank you that you've opened the windows of heaven over my life. Sometimes I'm thanking him for things that I'm not seeing right now, but I'm believing for in faith. I'm thanking him for that. Thanking him for my health. You know, how many times you talk to people who aren't well and they say, oh, I took my health for granted. I wish I had a really just appreciated and enjoyed my health. Come on, we're here. We're living, breathing, walking, full of life. I thank you, Jesus, for that. And I'll just go through different areas that I'm thankful for. I can take minutes and minutes just to come before God in in thanksgiving. And that sets up my relationship with God. I come out of a positive place. I come and it changes my um, negativity. It changes if I've got a critical spirit about something. It just brings it back to enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. It can change the course of your day. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, May I never forget the good things he does for me. May I never forget. Well, how do you never forget? You just keep talking about them. You just keep praying about them. You just keep thanking God for them. God, I thank you for that time that you came through for me when I was living in a place of fear and that you totally, you just took that fear away and that you gave me eyes to see. I thank you for when you provided a job for me when I was crying out to you. That's how you never forget the good things that he's done for you. You keep thanking God for them. Thank him for salvation. Thank him for the Bible that we can read this. They didn't even have this in Bible times, right? The Old Testament the New Testament, they didn't have it to read. Now God speaks to us through this very word. We thank him for the Holy Spirit, that he speaks to us, that he guides us, that he directs our steps. There's so many things to be thankful for. It shifts our focus off the negative, off what's not working in our lives. So what about when we've lost the peace? What about when we're anxious? What does the Bible say? Philippians 4 verse 6. Don't worry about anything, or another version. Be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then what does it say? Thank him for all he has done. Thank him. Like there's this theme, this thread that runs through the scriptures. Yes, we pray about everything. And I know when you're anxious, you don't feel like thanking God for things. But that's a choice that you have to make to go, okay, well, there's got to be something. There's got to be something that I'm thankful for today. God, I just thank you that you are real, that you're accessible to me, that you're available to me, that I can come and pour out my heart to you. You see what I'm doing? There's just so much that you can tap into in terms of thanksgiving. Then, the Bible says, you will experience God's peace, right? So if you're anxious, you need peace. So you have to come through prayer. You have to come through thanksgiving. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Who wants that? Like all the stuff that goes on in our life, the stuff that stresses us, the stuff that stirs up um, anxiety in us. Then we'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We need that. We need God to guard our hearts. We need him to guard our minds because otherwise we're so open to this bombardment of stuff and negativity and thoughts and lies from the enemy. He wants to come and sow seeds into you. This guards your mind. This guards your heart. This is being thankful. Proverbs 12, 25, it says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. 
but a good word makes it glad. You're feeling depressed, you're feeling under it, you're feeling oppressed, feeling anxious. Back to that Philippian scripture, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So we're being real with God. We're coming and telling him how we're feeling, but we're thanking him. It comes from this premise of thanksgiving. You know what? The enemy wants to discourage us. He wants to come and criticize. He wants to pull us down. He wants to shut us down. He wants us to be silent. He wants us to be under it. The best way to counteract that is thankfulness. Be thankful. The pathway to misery is ungratefulness. We don't want misery. We don't want to live in misery. The pathway to misery is ungratefulness. So let's shift off that pathway. If you're feeling like you're going down that track and we're all human and we all get tempted to go down there, we start doing it without even thinking. Let's shift it back to thankfulness, to gratefulness. Sometimes a critical spirit can get on you and you need to pray that off. Just recognize it, get someone else to pray with you and just break the power of the enemy from causing that criticism against you, against others, against everything. Just break off that critical spirit. Maybe you were brought up in a home um, that valued good manners and you were taught to say please and taught to say thank you. I'm a big believer in good manners and I teach my children always to say thank you for things, to write thank you cards to people, whether it be for a dinner, whether it be for a gift, whether it be um, thanking people that you know, run or put on a wedding or a big event, thank them always, whether it's verbally, whether it's writing cards. If you haven't been taught that in your own home growing up, we'll, we'll teach you here in this home, in our church family home. We, we pray over our food. Have you ever wondered why we do that? It's giving thanks. It's giving thanks to God. And I encourage my children every time that we pray, some people call it grace. We're, we're praying and giving thanks. I say, let's start by saying thank you to God for three things. Just very simply, thank you for this day, thank you for this food, thank you for my family, whatever it is, thank you for everything, anything. It just teaches them how to just access that thankfulness. Uh, 1 Timothy 4 verse 3, it says, God created food to be received with prayers of thanks by those who believe and know the truth. Did you know that was in the Bible? God created food to be received with prayers of thanks. Just pray every time over your food and, of course, protection as well. So what about when things aren't going well? What about when you don't have enough? What about when the ends aren't meeting? What did Jesus do when he didn't have enough? Let's look at the story in John 6. I want to read it to you this morning. It's about the loaves and the fishes. John 6 verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee. I've been there. I went there in November last year. It's a beautiful, beautiful lake. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Jesus climbed a mountain and sat down with his disciples around him. He saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip said, there's a giant Costco down the road. Let's go there. We can get discounted bread. We can feed these people. No, he didn't. There was no Costco. We couldn't get bulk food in big discounted prices. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? 
Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down. The men alone numbered about 5,000. We've got women and children, tens of thousands of people. Verse 11, then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. What happened when Jesus prayed? He had five loaves. He had two fish. It wasn't enough. It wasn't anywhere near enough. Maybe you're in a place right now you don't have enough. What are you going to do? Are you going to be like Jesus and give thanks? He didn't have enough that day, but he prayed over those loaves and those fishes, and he gave thanks for it. He said, Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful that you have provided this much. It wasn't anywhere near enough to feed tens of thousands of people, but he still gave thanks. What an encouragement to us as we come to God and we're in a place of lack and we're in a place where we need so much more. Is he coming and going, oh my God, what are you going to do? How are we going to feed all these people? No, he's like, I give thanks for what you've given me. And as he broke the bed, he distributed, it multiplied. There was a miracle in that, but the key was that he gave thanks. And that's what we need to do when we don't have enough. Straight from the word of God, be thankful. He wants to multiply what we have. He wants to provide for us. What about when circumstances turn against us? Let's look at the story of Daniel in the Bible. Daniel was a young man. He could do no wrong. He was dedicated. Uh, He prayed and was a good, strong Christian despite popular opinion. He kept getting promoted and was appointed to a high supervisor position. The king wanted to appoint him over his entire empire. But of course, there was other people who were threatened by him. So they took a law to the king to sign. If anyone prayed to anyone other than the king, they would be thrown in the lion's den. Of course, Daniel, he's not one to back down. Uh, And in Daniel 6 verse 10, let's read this right now. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Like he's just about to get thrown in the lion's den. Things aren't looking good for him right now. He knows it's going to happen. He knows that the king signed the edict and he can't back down from it. Once he's signed it, he can't go back on his word. Anyone who does not pray to him will be thrown in the lion's den. Daniel, he knew he was going to pray to his God. He was a dedicated believer. And as he prayed that day, what did he do? He gave thanks. Like in the most difficult of circumstances, he's likely going to be killed in the mouths of lions. I can't imagine the grossness of that. But of course, we know this story. God closed the mouths of the lions and not a scratch was laid on him. What a great challenge for us. What do we do when our lives are threatened, when something unfair is happening in our life, when it seems all hell is breaking loose over our lives, when we don't feel like it? But it's exactly what God wants us to do. In everything, give thanks. Be thankful in our attitude. You know, the result of our thankfulness, we're happier, we're more positive, we focus on the good, we smile more. Faith rises in our heart because it attracts God's spirit in our life. We believe anything is possible. We become more encouraging in our words as we thank other people. People want to hang around you when you're a thankful person. You get blessed. 
as we come to a close this morning, I just want to encourage us to be, yeah, if our, um, our band can come up this morning, our worship team, we want to come before God always, every day in thanksgiving, in our prayer, in our quiet time, that that be a regular part of our life. Be thankful. We want to come to God when we're anxious, when things aren't going great, when we haven't got enough. Be thankful. Don't allow ingratitude to stop you from fulfilling your destiny this morning. You saw the Israelites, what happened that was taken away from them. Small doors go on big, small hinges, big doors. Hang with people who are positive. Call out the critical spirit. It's not okay. Such a simple thing that we can do can make all the difference. Today, let's choose to go to thanks. It may just release you to fulfill your destiny. I don't want you walking around in the wilderness. I don't want you in that place just whinging and complaining. Straight from the Word of God in everything, give thanks. This morning, let's just be thankful for God, for what He's done for us. Let us be thankful for everything He's provided for us, what He's doing in our life, what He's going to do. Come with that thankful heart. It becomes an attitude in your heart. It becomes who you are when you're thankful. Can we just close our eyes this morning as we give thanks to God? Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for who you are. I thank you that you're God of our lives, that you care for each and every one of us. God, today we bring our thanks to you, Lord. Our hearts are so full of thanksgiving for who you are, for what you've done for us. Today, let us be people that are more thankful. Lord, that becomes a part of our day, that becomes a priority for us, that we enter your gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Even right now, God, we just come before you so thankful for what you've done for what you're doing in our lives, for what you're going to do. We trust in you. Oh, you're a good father. Lord, today, let us choose thanks.